Did you know that we were in the last days? We have been in them for a long time. They began right after Jesus ascended into the heavens. We are in those days between his first coming and his second coming. And though this is an age of grace, it's also an age in which grace is needed. Jesus said these were going to be hard times. Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life, the radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. If you're looking for a place to give that is taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, I'd like you to consider giving to Church Partnership Evangelism. You can learn more about how God is using us by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. In Matthew chapters 24 and 25, we have the record of the Lord Jesus' last full course of instruction before he went to the cross. It was on the end times. He will tell us of the last of the last days, but for now just know we are in the last days, and in these days we have a job to do. So as we've said, the Lord Jesus is leaving the temple grounds. He's just pronounced a curse upon the city. The leaders have failed to recognize him, failed to receive their Messiah, and they will be desolate until they see him coming again. They say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. His disciples have forgotten the lesson already. They're distracted by the opulence of the temple structure and building, which has been worked on for about 50 years, and it'll be another 34 years until it's completed. The Lord Jesus pronounces to them, there's coming a time when not one stone of this temple will be standing upon another. That actually happens in 70 AD when the general Titus comes in, the Roman general Titus comes in, lays siege to the city of Jerusalem, desolates the city of Jerusalem. Last week I told you that there was close to a million people that were in the city, that about 80% of them were killed. Well, there was more than a million, but not much more than a million. And actually I was wrong because Josephus estimated that 1.1 million of them were killed during that siege. And the temple is destroyed, and it's wiped out. In 70 AD, that's just six years after its completion. They have six years to kind of revel in this glorious building and sink their hearts into it, and then it's gone, and it's destroyed. And when he announces this and pronounces this prophecy to his disciples, they certainly immediately attach the destruction of the temple to the end of the age and then to the coming that he's promised in which he will be blessed and he'll bring his blessing. And they want to know when these things will take place and what the sign of these things will be. And we'll have to go into this and discuss this more. But the Lord Jesus introduces to them this idea or thought that what's going to be happening, what they're going to see, are not going to be, in a sense, the sign of the immediacy of his coming, but they're just going to be the birth pangs of his coming. They're just going to be the introduction of birth pangs that will be taking place throughout a period of time until he returns. Now, one of the things I know about birth pangs, or I think I know about birth pangs is once they begin they don't stop until the baby arrives and in the prophets the birth pangs ultimately were these events that began to sequentially take place until the messiah came and brought his kingdom reign that's one of the ways in which the birth pangs is introduced there are other ways in which the birth pangs are referred to and they apply to times of judgment that were immediate within the framework of and the historical moment in which the prophets were speaking but they also were looking beyond that to the coming of the messiah And they were basically saying, here are the things that are initiated, and these things are going to keep going on, and they're just going to keep roiling about. There are going to be spasms of these birth pangs happening over and over and over again until the birth comes, until the Messiah comes. And 
That's what the Lord Jesus is saying to these disciples here. You're going to see these things happening over and over and over again until the Messiah comes. And then he describes to them and he gives them a description of those things. And basically what's going to typify the time of the birth pangs before the coming of the Messiah. That's what we've read about here in these first 14 verses. These various things that are going to be taking place. These conditions that mark the period of time between his first coming and his second coming and that is the age in which we live right now. Those are the conditions that we are experiencing right now. And so what I want to do right now is I want to direct you, though, to the conclusion of this descriptive period and what the Lord Jesus says. And so I want you to look at verse 13. There are basically two conclusions the Lord Jesus brings them to that they need to understand and recognize. And in verse 13, the first one is, it's a call to endurance. He who endures to the end shall be saved, we read in verse 13. What the Lord Jesus has just pointed out to him is that they're entering into and they're going to be a part of an age of tremendous adversity. The conditions that they experience will call for endurance. They're being reminded that there's a contest before them, an age that is against them, that is in opposition to their faithfulness to Christ. It introduces this age struggle and conflict and suffering and disappointment and temptations and resistance and more that they're going to be experiencing. And these conditions must be overcome by them. We are waiting ourselves for the everlasting home that the Lord Jesus has promised us. He's going to come and take us to be with him forever. But as we wait for that home, we wait in a world that is against us. It's a world in which we must struggle and suffer and experience sorrows. And we are called to endure through this time period. And the proof of a believer's salvation is ultimately in the believer's endurance. The person who has truly been born again of God has the Spirit of God working in them and bringing them forward into growth and development as Christ expresses his life through them. That person has experienced within him the faithfulness of Christ himself, bringing them into faithfulness. And the sign or the mark ultimately of their salvation is their perseverance through the age in which they live. So the first thing that Christ warns in giving this picture of the age, these things that they're going to have to endure through, the first things he warns about is of deception, and we'll talk about this more next week, the deception of false messiahs, and we see that in verses 4 and 5, and we mentioned last week that these false messiahs rise up out of two different regions, they rise up in the region or realm of religion, and then they rise up in the region or realm of politics and of the powers of the nations. We discussed and we talked about the fact that when we read about the Antichrist in the last days, that he's a convergence of these two things. He's a religious leader and he's a political leader. And this is where these false messiahs rise up. And I want you to understand what it is or what triggers this receptivity or this danger of being brought under the influence of false messiahs. And it's this. It's everything that happens in this age. It's all the difficulties and challenges and hardships that take place in the age in which we live because these stresses cause people to look for an easy way out or to look for an answer to their difficulties and their hardships. And as a result, they're easily prey to false teachers that give them cheap spiritual solutions for their problems or false prophets who rise up and say, I'm the political answer and I'm the one who's going to deliver an answer to the political stresses of your day and age. And It's the very things that are being talked about, the very challenges and the problems that will rise up 
during this time period, which will actually contribute to the danger of seeking solutions and answers outside of God's truth. And so in the middle of these situations, there's the danger of false teachers offering false peace, political messiahs who promise that they're the answer to the chaos. And Jesus says, be careful. Be careful and watch out for the deception of this age that's brought about by the turmoil of this age. You have to go through it. Instead, you have to endure this age. And by the way, in the statement of enduring the age, the Lord Jesus is giving to his disciples no hint of a shortcut. (laughs) There's no easy ways of avoiding the difficulty that's coming before them. It's coming. It's prophesied. If we in our land have avoided, by the way, ourselves, the tribulation that the Lord Jesus is describing here, we have to realize how blessed we are in America. But if we go back and look through the history of the church, we recognize and we should see that these are not the normal conditions of the church and the Christian throughout the ages. The average Christian throughout the history of this age has gone through a vast array of persecution and trials and difficulties described by the Lord Jesus here. And they've also gone through periods of tremendous spasms, you might say, where these things have been intensified. Because this is an age of adversity. Look at verse 6. Some of the things that he says are taking place. These stresses that are going to bring them into the danger of this type of deception that they have to endure through. It's an age of wars and rumors of wars. It's the stress of regular conflict among the nations. Verse 7, it's an age of famines and pestilence or disease. And these things, by the way, usually follow wars and rumors of wars. They're usually politically activated more than anything else. And then in verse 7 again, it's an age where there's unsettling earthquakes that are not uncommon that come throughout the world. The whole world, we read in Romans chapter 8, that the all of creation is in travail, that it's groaning for its redemption. It's rocking and it's writhing under the pressures of sin itself and longing for its deliverer. And so earthquakes are common as well. Verse 9, it's an age of religious persecutions and martyrdoms, an age in which animosity and hatred is set against the follower of Jesus Christ, and it's to be expected. Verse 10, it's an age in which desertion of former professors of Christ from the faith come because of those persecutions and because of those martyrdoms. And they not only turn away from the faith, but then they turn against those whom they once professed the whole fellowship with. It's one of those things that should be expected as well. In other words, there's an ongoing attrition or apostasy that's taking place as well. Although there might be spasms and times in which it increases and becomes worse, you might expect that as well, the Lord Jesus is telling them. In verse 11, it's a loveless age or a self-loving age, and it's self-love that gives rise to lawlessness. What does the Lord Jesus call for in that kind of age? Endurance. You're going to have to endure these things. You need to recognize they're coming. You can't have somehow a wrong notion and a wrong expectation of what the world and what the age in which you live in is going to deliver you, that things are going to progressively get better and that you're going to come to points of higher and higher privilege and honor and blessing. No, if you're going to live godly in this life, Paul says you're going to suffer tribulation. You're going to suffer difficulty and you're to endure and you're to persevere. And the the God of this world has set his sights against you and he wants to destroy you and your faith in me and You're going to have to endure. So that's the first thing he says. Here's the second thing. It's verse 14. It reads this way. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. 
So the first thing the Lord Jesus said is this is going to be an age of contest, an age of challenge, an age of adversity to be endured. But the next thing he tells them is it's also going to be an age of conquest and victory. In fact, you can't know victory unless you know adversity. And he's telling his disciples you're going to be victorious. You're going to have success in the mission I've given you. Our mission to share the gospel will succeed in this age, this age that's filled with strife and turmoil and difficulty. The suffering and enduring church will prevail in the midst of the darkness of the age in which it's been set. Ours is not a lost cause. It's a prevailing one. It's a hopeful one. That's the second thing you'll notice here, and it's upon that observation I want to make a third notation. And by the way, these are some of the things that we said last week. And so that's in some way a little bit of a different perspective on it, but a a review of what we just spoke about last week. Now let me add to you this idea. It will not be in spite of these conditions that we will come into victory in our mission. In some wonderful way, because God is sovereign and God is ruling over all things, He has determined that the message of the gospel will go forward with success from our lives in the midst of this adversity, not as an exception to it, not somehow as an ability to overcome the obstacles of it, but actually because of it. God has determined that this adversity that we will face will actually enhance our witness. Well, that's all important background to prepare us for a study in the Olivet Discourse of the Lord Jesus. You'll have to join us again as we take up his in-depth study of the last days before he returns for us. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership, evangelism, and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are at work to take this gospel to the ends of the earth, and we need your prayers and your support. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.